Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Joe McCall here, REI Secrets. This is my uh, special weekly REI Secrets webinar that I do for you guys, where I'm just going to come in and I love talking about marketing, automation, and delegation. I believe there's three keys to success in this business, right? Marketing, automation, and delegation. And so my goal on these weekly webinars is to just teach you some stuff that we're doing now, things that we have found that are working, and teach you some cool things. And so I uh, hope you guys are doing well. We are actually live right now in front of a studio audience. I'm just kidding. We're live in front of a bunch of people on Zoom. And I'm trying to broadcast this as we are live into the YouTubes and the Facebook. So I think we're still good. Oh, I am. There we go. What's up, Facebook? And what is up, YouTube? All right. Now, today we're going to be talking about giving sellers options. And I think this is really important to understand because if you want to do more deals, you need to give the sellers more options. And so many times investors struggle because they just only have one thing that they can give to a seller, and that's a cash offer at 60, 70 cents on the dollar. You know, even in this hot, competitive, crazy market, it's hard enough to do deals as it is, right? And if all you know how to do is make a cash offer to a seller, you're going to struggle. And I don't want you to struggle. I want you to do deals. I want you to do more deals. And I'm going to show you here, hopefully, I'm going to try to get my iPad to work. And if it doesn't work, then I will do it another way. And I think we're going to be good. Let me give you a little context here. When I was first getting started in real estate, I only really kind of knew how to do cash offers. And so I would make a cash offer to the seller. And I was also working full time, so I couldn't go see the house. And when you're trying to negotiate a huge discount, 30, 40 cents on the dollar, on a property that needs a lot of work, you kind of need to see it. You need to see the kind of work that needs to be done, what kind of condition it's in. You need to meet with the seller so you can build rapport with them and uh, so that you can negotiate that big discount that you're going to need on a cash deal. And many times when you're doing that over the phone, it's a lot harder to do unless the seller is really motivated. So even the deals that we do virtually in other markets, we still send somebody to go look at the house. You're always going to do better. You're always going to do more deals when you can actually meet with the seller in person, face-to-face, belly button to belly button, and build a rapport and negotiate with them there. So you can point to the kitchen that needs to be replaced. You can point to the roof that needs to be fixed. And you know you can see all of this stuff when you're just doing deals over the phone, which is what I was trying to do because I was working my full-time job. I had a family at home. I think I might have even been working on my NBA at the time or something like I I didn't have time to go look at houses. I didn't want to either. So I learned early on, if I wanted to do more deals, I need to learn how to give the sellers options. I need to give them choices. And so I started falling in love with lease options back then in 2008. And I started giving the seller a cash offer. In addition to that, I would give them a lease option offer. And I found that I started doing more deals. And I'm talking now, guys, about the difference between getting one out of 30 offers accepted to maybe two or three out of 30 offers accepted just by giving the sellers options. Wouldn't it be nice if with the same amount of marketing, the same number of leads that you're doing, you now can double or triple your deal flow just by giving them options. You know, if you're tired of throwing away leads that don't have enough equity, aren't motivated enough, and just throwing those leads away, wouldn't it be nice now if you could give them something instead, something instead of a cash offer? 
So I, you know, just got off the phone with a particular friend of mine and his wife talking about a particular deal. And uh, so there, I'm going to talk about this deal here and I'm going to um, keep this, I'm not going to pull up the address of the property. What I want to do here, my goal in this is to kind of open up your mind and see the different options that you can give to sellers and how we kind of structured this particular deal. Okay. And and this is, I think, going to help you. And I'm going to try to draw it out so you don't have to you can look at it and not worry about fancy spreadsheets or software or calculator. Let's just do it on pen and paper, or in my case, an iPad and pen. And let's look at it this way, all right? Uh, let me say one more thing too. When it comes to sending offers and options to sellers, sometimes people make the mistake of at the very beginning, after you know you first talk to the seller, giving them too many options. And so sometimes you can make that mistake as well, where you know maybe a cash offer is not even on the table. So don't make the cash offer to them. Maybe there's no way they would ever do a lease option. So don't make that option to them. Or it could be there's good cash flow on this deal. You want to stay in the middle. So you want to don't give them a lease option assignment, which which is a lease option assignment is a wholesaling lease option deal where you're just going to assign your lease option and be done and out of the deal. So I'm just saying like, I typically do not give the seller three options, a multiple three option letter of intent until they've already said no, or until I, you know, I'm kind of at an impasse. I will usually present, this is important, understand this, one offer at a time. You want to give one offer at a time to the seller. So if a cash is what you most want to do and you feel like is in their best interest, then give them a cash offer. Okay. If you feel like a, a lease option, you know they don't have enough equity and you want to offer a lease option, then give them the sandwich lease option first. Don't give them two lease option offers, a lease option, sandwich lease option, and a lease option assignment, right? If they say no to the sandwich lease option, then give them the wholesaling lease option offer, all right? Now, most of the time sellers, especially right now in this hot market, they're going to say no to all of your offers, okay? Which is totally fine. However, you're going to find situations like the deal we're working on right now in St. Louis, where the seller is motivated and they're motivated for one simple reason, lost your job, two mortgage payments. Okay. And this is a house they've already moved out of. They already have another house and they don't have to sell this house to move in or buy or get a mortgage for this other house. They've already bought it, but they have lost their job and they are um, they don't, they don't know how much longer they're going to be able to make their mortgage payment of $1,100 a month. And so there's a lot of opportunity now here, but the greed glands are starting to kick in with the seller and they're looking at market is white hot right now. They're looking at Zillow and Zillow says it's worth, last week it was worth, worth 275 fixed up. Now Zillow says it's worth 285 And they're like, hmm, they're starting to get a little greed glands and they're starting to say like, well, we want more for our property. Kind of temporarily, conveniently forgetting about their motivating situation that they're in, trying to find ways to make more money. All right. So obviously you got to understand this too. When you give a seller options, of course, they're going to want to sell their house for top dollar in seven days for all cash with no contingencies without doing any work to it, without fixing it up. And even in this hot market right now, they can't do that. And this is a situation where this property needs a lot of work and the seller has forgotten how much work it actually needs. So we're going to, I'm going to show you some numbers here and I'm going to walk through kind of what I was presenting to my friends about how they should talk to the seller. All right. So I'm going to share my screen here. I don't think this will go very long. All right. So in this particular, I'm, a, I'm not an artist here, so I'm not going to try to draw anything fancy, but we have this house. How's that? That's a window. That's a door. 
That's a chimney and there's smoke. <laughs> All right. And so this house is in St. Louis in a suburban area. Okay. This house was probably built in the 1990s. So it's kind of a newer subdivision type of an area. Okay. And uh, the ARV, which is the after repair value, is about 285. Okay. I just want to make sure if you guys can in the chat, type in, can you see my screen? Let me know. You can see my, my screen here. The after repair value on this house is 285. All right, good. You guys can see it. Now, this house needs a lot of work. The carpet is really stained. The kitchen is outdated. The, the walls are in bad shape. And to the non-investor, they look at this, they're going to walk in this house and they're going to be, ooh, they're going to, they're going to have that ew factor, right? It's kind of stinky. But really, it's just cosmetics, okay? But let's say, I think this house, I'm going to tell you it's about 2,200 square feet. Oops, 2,200 square feet. It's a four-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage, all right? Now, in the St. Louis suburban area, that's pretty good. I mean, this, this might be able to, you might be able to get this up to 310, but it's in an area that's a little older. And in fact, you know what? I think it was built in the 80s. Let's fix this here. I'm pretty sure it was built in the 1980s. All right. So 285 fixed up. Now this property needs about, I'm guessing just from what they've told me, about $40,000 in repairs. $40,000 in repairs. So let's write this down here. Repairs. And I typically like to do on a property like this, $25 a square foot. Okay. So if you take 2,200 times 25, let me get my calculator, 55 grand in repairs. Now, I think that's actually kind of high. So let's make this 20. And I just did a rehab on a $2,000 rental property. And it was, we spent about 40 grand in it. So let's do, uh, let's do $20 a square foot. And by the way, you can do this in FreedomSoft as well. And I'm going to show you the rehab estimator in FreedomSoft. So let's let's just say it's 20 bucks a square foot, okay? And that's going to be 44,000, right? Let me just double check. 2,200 times 20, yeah, 44 grand in repairs, okay? I feel pretty good about that. Now, the seller owes, let's just, just talk about what they owe. They owe about 190 and their payments, P-I-T-I, Principal taxes, interest, and insurance. So that's the principal and interest. And then escrowed, usually banks, you know, when there's a finance, when you're loan, when you have a loan on a property, you escrow taxes and insurance, right? That is $1,100 a month. Okay. And the rents, about $1,700 a month. Oh, so what are you looking at here? I see cash flow, right? Really good numbers there. Now, the seller made the, they're motivated, you know, we kind of know what's going on, but the seller made the comment just the other day. Well, first of all, let me say this. They had talked to my friends and said, you know, they would be willing to sell it for maybe 210 because they know it needs a lot of work, right? But then the lady was looking at Zillow and where this was before at 275, Zillow says it's worth about 270s, 275. There's been some recent sales, the numbers have gone up. And so this Zillow value that all these sellers are looking at has gone up as well. And I'm just gonna, I've not looked at the comps too much. I'm just gonna go with what Zillow says. It's pretty close, okay? And knowing this neighborhood, that sounds about right. So now the seller before was saying, you know, they'd be okay with 210 or something. Now they're kind of talking about they want 220 or something like that. So their greed glands are kicking in. And so this is one of the things I told my friends. I said, we always want to give the sellers options. Okay. I recommend this. I mean, this is something that I think is the right thing to do, number one. 
But I also think it plays into your hand, into your negotiating hand where you're, re- and I'm not a sales expert here, but you are in a sense removing yourself from the outcome and it puts you in a stronger position when you're negotiating with sellers because I'm not chasing them. All right. I'm not chasing them. I, I've removed myself from the outcome, but I'm giving them options. And if they really want the most for this house, they should fix it up and sell it themselves. If they really want the most for this property, they should fix it up and sell it themselves. And so I might say, okay, well, option one is fix it up and sell it yourself. Okay. Now what's involved with that? You need to make sure you let the seller know this is how you're going to get the most money for this property. But let's look at how much it's going to cost in reality, even in this crazy market, how much is it going to cost? So if you sell it for $285, let's say that's the sale price, you're going to have to pay 6% commissions. Okay. So let's look at that. Let me get my calculator here. 285 times 0.06. That's going to be 17,100. You're also going to have to fix it up. We already said that's 44 grand, right? By the way, you got to make sure you find a good con. This is what I'm telling the seller. You got to make sure you find a good contractor. You need to stay on top of them. You need to make sure they're doing it right. You need to be sure you're inspecting the property and all of that stuff, right? And that's going to take you at least two to three months. It's always going to take twice as long as you think it's going to take. And you know, when I just did my rehab, I thought I could do it for 20 grand fairy tale. It's going to be more like it was going to, it was 40 grand is what it turned out to be. So that's going to be two to three months. Okay. Now you've also have carrying costs, right? But you know what? Let's one thing I do in here, you're going to have unknowns, contingency. There's always going to be something that you don't know about. And I like to use 10% of the budget, the construction budget. Okay. So 10% of the construction budget is going to be another $4,400. Sometimes I'll do that as the, uh, you know what? I do it a different way. I'm going to actually move that down a little bit here. Let's move that right down here. All right. Now you're going to have carrying costs for, you know, two to three months. And if your mortgage payment is 1100, that's let's say three months, that's $3,300 in carrying costs. Okay. 3,300 in carrying costs. Normally in a normal market, you're going to talk about the seller, I mean, the buyer is going to want some concessions. You're going to get an inspection. You're going to have to fix up some things. Right now, it's not as crazy as it used to be just a year ago, but still you should expect, you know, there's going to be things that the buyer is going to get an inspection. They're going to ask you to fix after, you know, you get it under contract. And usually we can call that inspection costs. And it's usually 1%. In a crate, in a normal market, it's like 3%, but let's just say it's 1% of, so that's, that's three grand. That's going to be the inspector saying, hey, or FHA is going to say, hey, to sell this, you need to replace the water heater or you need to, like I just had for on mine, the floor was a little unlevel in one spot. There was some rebar in the basement foundation wall was exposed. They wanted us to epoxy and cover that. Whatever it was, they were asking, I mean, this is after we accepted their offer. They were asking for like, it was going to cost us about five grand to do all of this. So we said no to a couple of things. And we said, you know, we'll just give you a credit for $2,500. And she was happy with that and moved on. Okay. And then there's always going to be unknowns and contingencies, carrying costs, uh, closing costs. And on average, that's going to be 3%. But let's just say, because it's a hot market right now, let's just say it's 2%. So 2% of 285, that's $5,700. By the way, realtors should be showing all of this to sellers, but they typically don't. Sometimes when realtors show the net that they actually walk away with, they they only show you know the commissions and maybe some fix up costs. They don't show this carrying cost inspections, unknowns, and things like that. Okay, so let's subtract then all of this stuff. Okay, so I'm going to do this right now. I'm on my calculator. Two eighty five 
minus 17,100 minus 44,000 minus 3,300 minus 3,000 minus 5,700 equals 211,900. And what do they owe on this property? Do you remember? They owe 190. So if you were to subtract what they owe, they would walk away with $21,900 in true net equity. Okay. When I used to do a lot of subject twos, I would walk through this exercise on a worksheet. I had this worksheet and it's in my course. I would walk through this to show them what their true net equity is. So many sellers, they'll look at this and say, all right, well, if I owe, if, if I could sell it for 285 and I owe 190, that is, what is that? $95,000. I have $95,000 in equity, but they forget about fix-up costs, realtor commissions, carrying costs, inspection costs, unknowns and contingencies and things like that. On average, a seller has to pay 12 to 15% off of what they sell it for. That's to subtract 12 to 15% to cover all of these things, not repairs. And that's what they truly get for their net, for their true net equity. So when I used to do a lot of subject twos, I would tell the seller, look, your true net equity is $21,900. One of my options to, to the seller used to be, I will make sure you get that $21,000 if you're willing to wait for it. So I would buy their house subject to the existing mortgage and I would give them a, I would buy it subject to the existing mortgage of 190 and I would give them a promissory note to give them $21,900 when the balloon, when I buy it um, and cash them out in five years. Does that make sense? So, and I'll explain that in a minute here. But option number one, Mr. Seller, if you want the most money, if you want to walk away with $21,900, you need to fix it up yourself and list it and sell it with a realtor. Okay. Chances are most of the time they're going to realize, no, it's too much work. I can't do that. I can't manage the rehab. And they're looking at this number here. If they're lucky, they, they'll they be able to fix it up and get it sold in three months. And a property that needs this much work, can they make three months of mortgage payments and not get a 30-day late on their credit? Probably not, right? So now I'm going to give the seller second option too, which is cash, which is what they want. They sellers, they want to sell it with cash. They want to be able to close quickly and just be done with it, okay? Well, what's your, what, what's your cash offer going to be? Well, we know our typical Mayo formula. It's going to be ARV minus repairs times 70%. Actually, ARV, let me, I'm sorry. ARV times 70% minus repairs minus fee. And that's your maximum allowable offer. Now you're going to look at that and say, that formula doesn't work anymore in this market. Okay, fine. It doesn't maybe. So then, you know, change this to 80%. Maybe if you're in San Diego, 90%. I don't know. It, the formula still works. You just need to change this number. Now, let's just say, let's make this, in our case, 75%. I just don't, I, you know, here's the thing. You want to make sure you have a cushion. You want to make sure you have a margin for error, especially if you're going to be in the rehab business. If you feel comfortable doing your own rehab, you can swing your own hammer. You really understand the costs, all right? Then maybe you could do 80%. But unless, until you know what you're doing, stick with this 70 to 80% range, all right? So in our example, the ARV, and I will, uh, let's do this in green, 285 times 75% equals 
285 times 0.75 equals 213.750 minus repairs, which was 44 grand, right? Minus, you always want to make at least a $10,000 wholesale fee. So you take 213 minus 44,000 minus 10 grand wholesale fee, 159.750. Now remember, what do they owe? 190. That's not going to work, is it? Well, doesn't matter. Sometimes I still want to make this offer because it positions my other offers that much better. But I'm not a charity. I'm not in this business to give away my profits. If I offered the seller what they owed, I'm not going to make any money on this thing. If I offered the seller cash what they owed, and you take, let me just look at this number here, uh, 190 plus 44 grand plus commissions of 17 grand. And I've got carrying costs and, and, and miscellaneous things for, let's just say 10. Okay. If I'm out of the kindness of my heart, offer her 190 grand because nothing ever goes wrong. I'm going to do 190 plus 44 plus 17,000 plus 10,000. Oops, minus one plus 10,000. I'm going to be at 261. And then after I sell it for 285, I might make 24 grand. Now that's nothing to sneeze at. That's a lot of money, but 24 grand, just only making 24 grand, that's not even 10%. 24,000 divided by 285, that's only 8.4% profit margin return on invest. Well, that's about only about 8% on the uh, on that sale price. That's not enough cushion. There is way too much that could go wrong. Even in this hot market, there's way too much that could go wrong. Um, you don't you don't want to you don't want to be in that area. You don't want to do that because um, twenty four grand is not enough to buy that house, fix it up, rehab it, unless you know what you're doing, right? And you've got a huge beast to feed. You've got a rehab machine engine coming that you need to feed. Then you could do something like that. But if you're going to wholesale this deal and you want to make at least a ten grand wholesale fee, you need to buy it for one fifty nine and sell it for one sixty nine to a rehabber. Okay. And you might be able to get away with maybe offering 165. You know, if you bought it for 165 and you sold it for 175, you would need you would be able to probably leave enough meat on the bone for another rehabber to come in there and fix it up. Okay. So this is my option number two, cash. I'm going to offer cash to the seller. Yeah. So you guys are asking me about closing costs and stuff. I figured closing costs in the See closing costs right here. We're part of this unknown. So this is going to be, you know, two to three percent would be your uh, closing costs and stuff. All right. Now, remember we were looking at this. We were looking at this true, the true net equity the seller has. If I was doing a subject two, I might give the seller. Listen, I'll give you your twenty-one thousand nine hundred dollars in true equity if you're willing to wait for it. And I ask the seller sometimes this question: What if? If I would give you the same equity you would get with if you sold with a realtor, would that be fair? If I were to give you the same equity you would get if you sold with a realtor, would that be fair? A lot of times they'll say yes. So another option might be option three would be sub two, subject two. Now I'm not the, I, I used to do a lot of subject twos. I'm not the expert at it um, as much as guys like Pace Morby or Vena Jones, who, by the way, just texted me while I was live here. Um, and I'm going to be doing a, a class real soon here, a Saturday workshop with Vena talking about subject twos. But I would do here maybe something like the same equity. I'm going to write this out as if you sold with a realtor. Okay. So I would, and these, this would be the terms. This would be the terms of my subject to offer to the seller. Okay. I would say, I would take over 
existing mortgage, 190. So I would start making your payments, you know, today's June 22nd. I would start making your payments August 1st, or maybe, maybe even July 1st, depending on how sweet of a deal it is. Okay. And I will give you your equity of what did I say? 21,900, 21,900 in five years. You understand? And that would be a promissory note. I don't know how to spell promissory note. A 0% interest, zero payments. All right. So I would basically give them a $21,900 promissory note due in five years and five-year balloon with 0% interest, zero payments. I wouldn't be making any payments on that. If they wanted, you know, you could go down this other, you know, I used to offer sellers multiple options of subject to, and I would say something like, if you want, if you wanted cash now, like this, sometimes they're going to want cash now to move out. I would say, all right, I, I'll give you 5,000 cash now and your equity later would be 10,000. So that would total 15,000. Does that make sense? So I would say, listen, I'll give you cash. I'll give you five grand now and I'll give you 10 later in five years at 0% interest, zero payments. Does that make sense what I'm saying there? So I would give the seller, if you want some cash now, I'll give you some of your equity. I'll give you 15 grand of your equity. All right. Now, another option you could give to the seller, option number four would might be a lease option. Okay. Now, again, I'm not necessarily giving the seller all of these options at once. And the way I typically do my lease options, I like to do sandwich lease options. And typically, my rule of thumb there is I want at least, let me uh, fix this here. I want at least uh, 15% equity and at least 25% cash flow. Let me so, tell you what that what I mean by that. So typically, the way I like to do it is the as is value is what? 285 minus 44,000. 285 minus 44,000. So the as is value is about 241. And I want at least 15% equity times that by 85%, 204,850. That would be my option price. Okay. And my rent is going to be 1100 a month. So I'm just going to make a payment. I'm going to make their mortgage payment of 1100 a month. And my term, I'm going to try to get five years. And my option consideration is going to be, I'll give them, uh, I'll give them $2,500. So I'm going to give them $2,500. All right. Makes sense. Option price, 204, payments of 1100, five years, option consideration of $2,500. Now let's just review these options again real quick here so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. Option number one, I always give this to the seller, fix it up, sell it yourself. That way, you know, again, they can never accuse you of taking advantage of them because you gave them the options. You told them, if you want to make the most money, fix it up and sell it yourself. I can I have some realtors I can recommend to you. Maybe they can help you. Option number two, I'll buy it for cash, but I'm going to buy it for, you know what, let me highlight these things so I can look at it later here. Option number one, fix it up, sell it yourself. You're going to walk away with about 21900 in true net equity. Option number two is cash, and I'll buy it for you know, 160, 160 You could do a subject two, and the way I like to do subject twos when I'm presenting my offer is I'll give you the same equity you would get, same equity you'd get is if you sold with the realtor. And so I'd walk through all of those costs, and I'll show them that they have about 21900 in true equity. Okay, And so my option for them would be, not a, I wouldn't be giving them a price this is important to understand. I would not present. I would not be presenting the subject to to them in terms of I'll buy it from you for this. I'm just telling them I'm going to buy it from you for you. I'm going to give you the same equity you'd get if you sold with the realtor. I'm going to give you twenty one thousand dollars in equity in five years. 
I'm going to take over your mortgage. I'll start making your mortgage payments. So really, if you, you know, I'm buying it for $212,000, right? I'm kind of, I'm buying it for two twelve, dollars but I'm not positioning it that way because they're thinking it's worth two eighty five, dollars and I'm making them a ridiculous low offer for two eleven. dollars I'm just telling you, I'm going to give you the same equity you'd get if you sold with the realtor. You're just going to have to wait for it. Does that make sense? Oh, that's my son. My son just texted me. They were, they're flying to San Diego and they just had, a, they just landed in Salt Lake City. So this is the first time my two sons are 17 and 16 have flown by themselves um, and they're flying to see grandma in San Diego. And they're saying it was good. Nothing eventful to report. We are still in our seats on the, on the plane. <laughs> right, I'm just nervous. My, my wife and I have been kind of a nervous wreck. They're, they're 16 and 17 year old boys. I mean, they're almost adults. And why are we freaked out about this? We're not doing the, you know, the, the thing where the, the flight attendant has to stay with them the whole time and they get a wristband and a name badge and all of that. We're not doing that. So they have an, they have an hour and a half layover in Salt Lake City. And um, so we'll be ending this soon because I want to give them a call in a minute. All right. So you understand option three, subject two, they're going to get them the same equity they'd sell if they sold with a realtor. I'm not positioning it. I'm not giving them a price. I'm just telling them I'm going to give you 21, your, your equity in five years. If they wanted some cash now, I might say, all right, well, I'll give you five grand now. And I'll, instead of giving you 21,000, I'll give you 15,000 for your equity. I'll give you 5,000 now. 10,000 later. Does that make sense? So that's another way you could position the subject to. Then the other option is the lease option option. Okay. And you can see a lot of these, the price kind of goes up depending on the longer they're willing to wait for it. The sandwich lease option, I'm going to do 85% of the as-is value. So I'm going to give them 285 minus 40. I'm going to offer them 204,850. So my option price, 204,850. I'm going to offer them 1100 a month in rent, five years, $2,500 down. Now I might be willing, this is a great thing about lease options because I can negotiate several things in this, can't I? Let me show you, uh, hold on here. Let me show you the different things I can negotiate. I can negotiate the option price, the rent, the term, or the option consideration. And there's actually even a fifth thing that I can negotiate, right? And that's going to be rent credits. So once we get down this road and they're maybe open to doing a lease option, but you know what? They're stuck on this price. They want something more. They want they want 220. What if they wanted 220 on that? Well, I can say, all right, I can get you 220, but instead of five years, we're going to need to do seven years. All right. Instead of 2,500 down, I'm going to do zero. Instead of 1,100 a month, I'll do 1,000 a month. Let's say, you know what? They know it can rent for 1,700 and they want, they want 1,200 a month in rent. I'm going to say, all right, I can get you 1,200 a month in rent if we, instead of five years, do eight years. Instead of 205, we'll do 195. So I can negotiate or even better, sometimes you could do rent credit. So they if they want an extra 200 a month in rent. I might say, all right, well, I can get you 200 extra a month in rent. I'll pay you 1300. But I, what if you gave me, you always have to give and take. I'll give you something if you give me something back. What's the phrase I like to use? What if I could, uh, what would you do then? No, what? how does it go? In my lease options course, I talk about this a lot in the negotiating and talking with sellers. And I forget the phrase that I use is, but I'll, it'll come back to me in a minute. If then, it's kind of like an if then statement. All right, if I could get you $1,300 a month in rent, would you give me $200 a month rent credit at the end if I pay your rent on time? So if I'm a second late, I will not get that rent credit. So I'm going to have an incentive to pay the rent on time every month. So I'll give you $1,300. You give me a $200 credit if I pay the rent on time every month. 
So the cool thing about lease options now is you can negotiate these five different things, the option price, the rent, the terms, the option consideration, the rent credit. What's most important to the seller? If the seller wants more money down, maybe I'll do that. Lower the price a little bit, get some rent credits, extend the term, lower the rent. So it's just what's most important to the seller, price or terms, price or terms. All right. Now, some of you are asking, this property needs a lot of work. What are you going to do? Are you going to fix it up? So if I did a lease option, option number four on it, or if I did a subject two on it, would I go in and do all the work? I don't know. Probably not. And I've done this a lot. I've done a lot of lease options where I bought it, didn't do any work to it, just cleaned it up. And then I turned around and advertised it as a handyman special. So whether you're buying it on a lease option or buying it on a subject to, or even buying it with bank financing, I would still probably turn around and sell it as a lease option, handyman special lease option. All right. Now, what would I do? Let's say, let's just look at some numbers here. All right. So the ARV of this house is 285. And the repairs, I figure if I'm going to do them myself, they're going to be 44 grand, like for the rehab, I mean, a, a contractor, right? So that puts the as is value at 241, right? Now, that house is worth 285 fixed up. So I'm going to advertise it. This is what I'm advertising. Let me do a different uh, color here. This is probably, probably what I would do. I'd advertise it as a handyman special lease option. I would do five years, YRS. All right. I remember the rents on this thing, it rents for $1,700 a month. Now, there's two ways you could do this. You could do a work for equity credit. You could set the option price at $285. And if they buy it, you'll deduct $44 grand. I prefer just to set the option price low. So what I'm going to do instead, is I'm going to say, all right, option price, let's do 265. Let's do 260. So this house is worth 285 fixed up. Market is appreciating. It's going up. I'm going to set the option price at 260 and I'm going to do the rent. Remember the rents are 1700 a month. I'm going to do the rent at, let's just say 1550 a month. And the option consideration for the down payment I'm going to want, I want to get at least 7,500 on this. All right. Do you think, do you think I would find somebody that would take this property and fix it up themselves? Yes. I would get tons of calls. Every time I've done a handyman special lease option, I've been blown away by how many calls I actually get on the property. Because they're looking at this thinking, all right, well, it's there's about 25, they're looking at this thinking there's 25 grand in equity there. I can get it fixed up and choose my own carpet, my own colors, my own countertops. I can do the labor myself. I can probably just materials would be 15 grand. You know, I might actually just looking at this, I might lower this a little bit. But sometimes you just don't know, and that's fine. You can always adjust the price if you're not getting any interest because you know you're asking way too much, then lower the price. But they're looking at this thinking, all right, well, there's 30 grand in there that I could spend on in rehab, it's only going to cost me 15 in materials and I can do all the work myself. They're looking at this as an incredible bargain and they get to pick their own colors, their own carpet, their own countertops. They're going to love this. There's a lot of people out there that can fix it, these fix these homes up themselves. There's a lot of contractors that don't have the credit where they can get a mortgage right now but they can come in and fix this house up. And my rent is $150 less a month. So they couldn't even, even if they could get a mortgage, they're, they're renting this for cheaper than they could if they got a mortgage and they couldn't get one anyway. And I want to make some, I want to make sure they have some skin in the game. So they're going to put $7,500 down, which is non-refundable. 
So what happens is you're going to you're going to get a lot of calls on this handyman special lease option and you're going to it's going to fly off the shelf. You're going to get tons of cuz they're going to they look at this. I'm making it attractive. I'm giving them equity, I'm giving them some low rent, um, I'm giving them 5 years, they get to fix it up themselves and I am requiring some skin in the game. Now, this is the way it works. You need to make sure you spell it out in the lease option contract all the work that the tenant buyer has to do before they move in. And in St. Louis, we have an occupancy inspection so the city has to inspect it. They have to, so it has to be inspected before they move in. They have to make sure they pull all the right permits and everything like that. Yeah, it's a great way. And what happens if they don't buy it in five years? Well, I get a house back that's in better shape than it was before. All right. So I need to get going. I just want to see if there's any questions here before we wrap this up. Oh, let me just say one more thing. I wanted to explain this again if I didn't already. I don't like giving sellers all of these options at once. Sometimes giving them all of these options at once can confuse them and overwhelm them. So I like to give sellers just one option at a time. Number one, you should probably just list it and sell it with a realtor. No, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. You know, I don't have the time. I don't have the patience. I don't have the money. I don't know how to do the real. All right. So I might be able to buy it from you for cash, but I can guarantee you it's going to be less than what you owe. And I'm not going to be your highest and best offer, but I can give you cash offer, whatever I said here, about 160, 170,000. That wouldn't work for you, would it? No, I owe 190 or whatever. Like that won't work. Okay. So the other thing I could do is I could basically, and I don't want to use technical jumbo language. I want to use simple language. I could take over your mortgage. I could start making your mortgage payments for you. And I could fix it up and then buy it from you after I get it fixed up and after I sell it to somebody else. Okay. And then there's again, there's so many different things that you can negotiate with these sellers. If they're at that point where they don't want the cash, they can't take the cash, they don't want to list it with a realtor. The next best alternative is I'll take over the mortgage. I'll fix the house up. I'll take all the risk of fixing the house up. All right. And I just need you to carry the financing for a little bit. Okay. Whether through a lease option or subject to, I'm going to get somebody in the house who's going to fix it up. I'm going to manage it. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to take all the responsibilities. I'm going to guarantee that your mortgage is being paid every month. If the seller objects to that, you could still offer some kind of partnership with them. And I've done this before. I've told the seller, listen, um, if they object to my offer, no, it's not going to work. I say, listen, I understand. What Would it be fair if we maybe share some of the future profits on the deal? Oh, now you've got the seller on your side and can partner with you on this deal. And so you can just structure it where, listen, we'll share some of the profits. We'll, I'll give you 25% of my profits at the end of the day, you know, in three or four or five years. Then they're on your team. They're on your side. They're going to be less confrontational during the, they're during the five years, you know. And I know one guy, I interviewed him on my podcast. His name is Rick Otten. And he does this with every single deal. He offers to split the profits, share the profits with the seller. But he nego- it's not like he's losing money though. He's just negotiating bigger discounts. He's negotiating a lower price and better terms because now he's sharing the profits with the seller and, and it's much, they're much easier to negotiate these deals, right? Then you can get the sellers to be more willing to help you, take pictures, you know, give you, extend the contracts if you need it, give you more time. Another thing that you can negotiate too, by the way, if they're if they're stuck on their price, is you could say, um, all right, well, I can get you that price, but we're going to need to set if they can't lower their rent or whatever. You could say, I will give you that higher rent. I'll give you that higher price, except if the house is vacant, you're going to have to make the mortgage payment if the house is vacant, or if the tenant I put in there doesn't pay the rent, you're going to have to still make the mortgage payment. Right? That's a way you could partner with the seller. You could say, listen, I'll we'll split the profits, but I need you to cover the mortgage. If the house is can't, if I don't collect the rent, you'll need to cover the mortgage payment. So you could, all of that is so negotiable. Isn't that cool? All right. Just real quick. Let's see if we've got a um, question. Good question from Ann. How do you pay the seller at the five-year balloon on the handyman special? All right. So a couple of things. 
you, you hopefully, ideally, you get the tenant buyer that will then will be able to buy it, they'll cash you out, and you'll just do a double close. So the tenant buyer will buy the house and then you'll sell it. You may need to close on it first, take ownership of it, and then turn around and sell it. But there'll be enough equity. You can get a private money, you can get transactional money, you can get hard money, you can get a bank loan. You may need to buy it subject to actually take the deed for two or three months to cover the seasoning issues and then sell it. Now, worst case, worst case, the tenant buyer you put in the house doesn't buy it in five years. Then what do you do? You could buy it. You could buy it yourself because there's going to be a lot of equity in there, a lot of equity. You shouldn't have any problem getting bank financing or private money on that house. You could you could buy it yourself. You could go ahead. Maybe if you have six months left and you know you're not the tenant buyer is not going to buy it, you could just list it on the MLS and you could sell it in five years. It'll probably be worth I don't know three twenty five, three fifty. So you could sell it on the MLS. You can get bank financing or worst, worst case, you just walk away. That's why I love about lease options. I have the option to buy it. I don't have to buy it. What if the market tanks, you know, and we go into deep depression or whatever? Well, I can just, I just walk away. Okay. That's the way it goes. You'd have to deed the property back to the seller if you bought it subject to, but if it's a lease option, you just let your lease and your option expire and the seller takes the property back. No harm, no foul. You've been getting $500 a month in cash flow for the last five years. Bam, there you go. All right. So, hope you guys are doing well. Hope you got some value out of that. Listen, if you want to know how more, if you want to learn a little bit more about how to do these kinds of deals, I want to invite you to join Partner with Joe. If you go to partnerwithjoe.net, there's a 30 day course in there that shows you the fastest and easiest ways to do your first deal in 30 days or less. But go to partnerwithjoe.net. I've got some really cool things I'm going to give you for free if you're part of that. I have a software that helps you create these kinds of offers. I didn't even show you the software, but the software helps you create a cash offer, different cash offers, different lease option offers, different owner financing offers, and that's included with the program. So go check out partnerwithjoe.net right now. And um, I also will lend money on your deals and might partner with you on some deals if you want. You don't have to partner with me, but go check out partnerwithjoe.net. Now, if you've liked this, I just want to ask you to please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, do a search for Joe McCall, watch my videos in there. I got a lot of good stuff in there. I do these every week. If you like what I've got here for you, go to YouTube, subscribe to the channel. I'd really appreciate it. And go check out partnerwithjoe.net, partnerwithjoe.net. If you subscribe at partnerwithjoe.net, you'll get my book. I have a book called REI Secrets, Daily Nuggets of Real Estate Investing Wisdom. You can get it if you join partnerwithjoe.net. It's just seven bucks a month. It's a great book. Okay. All right. There's so many good stuff in there. You guys will love it. Go check it out. We'll see you guys. Appreciate you all very much. Take care. Bye-bye.